Thrill Me. This show is part of the Thrill Me Podcast Network. Experience more on Facebook and YouTube. It's time for the Mr. Wonderful Show. Here's your host, Mr. Wonderful. Hey, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Mr. Wonderful Show. So excited to be here with you on this April 20th because you know this is going to be a 420-centric show. We're actually going to talk about 420. We're going to talk some 420 films. Uh, we are going to get into reviews this week. There are two films I got to check out, Death on the Nile and Fantastic Beast, The Secrets of Dumbledore. So we'll get into those a little bit later on. Uh, non-spoiler, of course, or possibly a little spoiler-ish for Fantastic Beast. But uh, before we get into the show this week, do want to uh, remind you to go like Thrill Me Podcast Network on Facebook. That is a great way to stay up to date on all of the Thrill Me Podcast Network shows that we have uh, for you each and every day. New episode of Haunters is out as well. We talk about how much Twitter sucks. Uh, so yeah, that's a, that's a really fun episode uh, where we get into a lot of really just kind of how the internet reacts to things and handles things. Uh, also, there is a new Metal Monday out uh, with Tombstone Josh. The 100th episode of the Review at Rob show has dropped as well. So much to get to in that episode uh, worth a check out and a listen. If you missed the 99 episodes prior, go check out 100 and you'll be going back and listening to 99 more. You got 99 problems, but episode 100 ain't one of them. You know what I'm saying? Eh. Uh, also, there is going to be another episode of Zach Speakeasy out tomorrow. Uh, and yeah, just so much going on with the Throw Me Podcast Network. There's some YouTube videos up as well. Tombstone's Josh has got the new... Uh, there's some Funko Pops. I'm not going to tell you who it is, but they are very classic characters that he did a little unboxing with that. Uh, so you can go like Throw Me Podcast Network youtube page and we are also on the tiktok real fun movie where you can see uh all the staring uh players of the thrill me podcast network it's a fun little joke right there but yeah uh let's get into it there's a big show this week uh i don't want to um labor the situation anymore it is 420 for many of you and if you're not listening to this on 420 well you can kind of relive the day again and uh talk about the things that you did on this day, but uh, I do want to start because there was something interesting I came across, uh, and it's big important news in the world of science. Astronomers say that probing Uranus should be a top priority. They want NASA to stop putting it off and go for it already. Just get in there and start probing Uranus uh, because apparently we still haven't studied Uranus in depth. They want to create something called the Uranus orbiter and probe that would orbit around it, then drop a probe deep into Uranus's atmosphere. They say it could unlock all sorts of secrets hidden by the clouds covering Uranus. For example, we still don't exactly know what Uranus is made of. Unfortunately, it won't happen quickly. Could take a little while. If they get started now, they say we could be probing Uranus in about 10 years. And, uh, yeah, that was just um really cool science news to come out this week. I mean, I didn't realize we haven't been probing Uranus as much as NASA and astronomers have hoped 
for us to probe Uranus, but uh, apparently they're 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 pushing. They're pushing hard to get that probe for Uranus. So uh, yeah, fingers crossed that we will soon know uh, what lies hidden beneath the clouds covering Uranus. I have an idea. I also am curious, has anybody asked uh, Uranus's permission for us to just start probing uh, that poor, poor Uranus the way that uh, these astronomers and NASA wants to start probing it? Yeah. All right. I had to get that out of the way. I had to do it. A little, if we're doing a 420 episode, we're going to do a little bit of sophomore humor here, okay? You get what I'm saying? Come on. So, Uranus. It's funny, all right? It's not funny when you call it Uranus, all right? They're going to probe Uranus. No, I want to talk about probing Uranus. All right, let's get into it. Today is uh, a very popular day on this Wednesday, the day that the show dropped, because it is... Legal pot sales can hit an all-time high. I had a pot gummy bear the other day. There's a difference between smoking it and eating it. When you eat it, it lets you talk to dolphins. I can see the air. <laughs> yes, it is 420 National uh, Lookalike Day. That's what we're celebrating today. National Lookalike Day and uh, National uh, Cheese Fries Day as well. Yeah, yeah. Fitting, fitting. It's also National Banana Day, but no, April 20th, better known as 420. Uh, whether you partake, whether you don't, it is still a fun day. And a lot of people have gotten in on this. Even, even the non-smokers have gotten in on this day because... Uh, since this is a show about entertainment and things like that, I figured we'd talk about some of the best 420-based films or films that you would watch stoner comedy-wise. And uh, thankfully, Complex, uh, they made my job a lot easier. They actually put together a list of what they call 25 of the best stoner movies of all time. Now, we're not going to go through all 25 of them because some of them, um, some of them I'll bring up, but I'll explain why I wouldn't be watching them on a day like today. Uh, and some films are actually, I find, missing that I think should be on here. Uh, but some of the films that they talk about, Friday, of course, is a classic in the early 90s. Ice Cube could really do no wrong, uh, making his gangsta ass albums. He co-wrote, co-starred in a Hood to Suburbs classic. Uh, Friday isn't really about its plot. It's more about the characters in the neighborhood. You got the crackhead. You got the trifling ass pastor. Uh, you got the legendary bully, uh, plus you get some of the most classic, to me, how are you going to get fired on your day off? Uh, it's Friday. You ain't got shit to do. going to get you high today. Uh, so you get Chris Tucker, ad-libbing expert, uh, doing his thing. Uh, and also the only time that Chris Tucker pops up in a Friday film, that franchise has gone off to have massive success I still don't understand why we never got a Friday Four. Why I know I talked about that a while back when this show like first began. I talked about Ice Cube uh, being a little angry about the fact that Friday Four never happened and it's never going to happen because the studio pretty much just balked. Even though these were successful films, every one of them was a successful film because they 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 don't cost a lot to make and they make a lot of money because you got a crowd. 
for these films. Uh, they also talked about another one that I really like that actually I think is an underrated one, and that is Method Man and Red Man, uh, How High, back in 2001. Uh, they parlayed that fame at the time into blunt smoking rappers, into uh, an extremely entertaining uh, laugh out loud comedy about two smokers who go to Harvard, blaze the place after acing their college entrance exams with the help of a nerdy friend that they use the ashes of to grow some pot. And he shows up as a ghost every time they smoke it. So he helps them pass their test. It's really just, it's, it's like, a, it's, it, it reminds me of the National Lampoon's films because of how absurd it is. Some of these set pieces, some of the, the skits that they do. Uh, but it is a really fun stoner comedy. Uh, I bought it in a double feature set. I don't remember what the other movie was I got with it now that I think about it because I, I really wish I could remember what it was, but it was back in the day when uh, Best Buy, you go there and you get the two-for-one special and How High was in that set. I know it was another stoner comedy. It might have been Undercover Brother, actually, which really isn't a stoner comedy, which is what makes it... because. Yeah, it wasn't another stoner comedy. It was. It was Undercover but It was Undercover Brother, and that was a classic. How high to me is a classic. So, uh, yeah, there there was a stretch in time there in the late '90s, early 2000s where I loved watching the Wayans Brothers. So I was into a lot of those uh, more urban based comedies. Uh, How High being one of them, Undercover Brother being one of them, uh, the Friday films I was a big fan of as well. I do like NWA as well when it comes to music. Uh, but yeah, I think that's a great pick. But Complex also threw one on there that I think is a little interesting in that they mentioned Billy Madison and their reasoning behind it is the fact that Billy's just so simple-minded, aimless, developmentally stunted as a 27-year-old rich kid. But to me, I don't consider a lot of what Sandler's done as stoner comedies. I would put Grandma's Boy in that category but that's a produced by Happy Madison, and that was kind of a vehicle to give his friends something to go off and do. Uh, but Billy Madison makes their list. I'm not going to put Billy Madison on on a day like today, uh, but I will put Grandma's Boy on, and Grandma's Boy did make their list. And if you've never seen Grandma's Boy, then please stop listening to this. Go pack a bowl and watch Grandma's Boy and just laugh your ass off because... You got Hawkeye's wife in there, uh, Nick Swartzen before he became overpopulated by, in my opinion, in Sandler's stuff. You got Doris Roberts. Uh, and again, it's 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 a vehicle for Sandler's friends. And I think that they all nail their roles in that movie. Um, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. Another classic to watch for this day. Uh, a bunch of Cheech and Chong's made this list, which shouldn't be surprising. I mean... I think when you hear the words 420 and 420 movies, you instantly go with Cheech and Chong because I like uh, trying to do the, the, the remembering of it and the membranes, the member berries. I don't think there was ever, I, I want to say Cheech and Chong was the beginning of those stoner duos that really kicked things off. But uh, Up in Smoke is a really funny movie. Uh, my dad is not, a 420 guy or anything like that, but he enjoys the Cheech and Chong films because they're, they're, there's a reason that they have endured as long as they have, and they're still a go-to for so many people, but that first film really is a good one. Uh, 
uh, Up in Smoke, uh, I believe, uh, Next Film, I believe, is a really good one as well to watch. Uh, but yeah, you can throw on any Cheech and Chong, not go wrong on a day like today. Uh, another film, though, that, or Next Movie, I'm sorry. Uh, another film, though, that uh, Complex mentioned that I actually didn't even think of but I would not watch on a day like today is uh, I mentioned they, they dropped the Harold and Kumar films, but they specifically left out escape from Guantanamo Bay and said, goes to white castle and Harold and Kumar, a very Harold and Kumar 3d Christmas. I kind of on a day like today, take the uh, Zach Hilton approach with things like his feel on uh, Christmas and, and, and Halloween, that kind of combination of, do you want a Christmas-based film at Halloween Horror Nights? I don't want a Christmas movie on April 20th. I think a very Harold and Kumar 3D Christmas is a really funny movie. Uh, Wafflebot was, had me in stitches. But at the end of the day, I don't want to mix my April days as we're getting into like, it's going to be like in the 60s today where I am and sunny after we got snow earlier this week. So... I'm I'm starting to think spring, summertime around the corner. I I don't want the Christmas film, uh, but Complex mentioned that. But I do give Complex credit for a movie they mentioned that I've brought up in the past, and people have told me not so much uh, because of course you will want some Seth Rogen films on this day. Pineapple Express always going to be the number one go to when it comes to uh, a stoner film, but they actually mentioned. The one I think might be better, and that is This Is The End. The flick about a bunch of baked, self-righteous actors playing extreme versions of themselves. The end of the world. Uh, Craig Robinson singing Take Your Panties Off alongside Rihanna. Kevin Hart kicking Aziz Azari down a fiery pit of death. Uh, The comical exorcism of Jonah Hill. That is a movie to me that I think is a great 420 watch. This is the end. Uh, Now, I've watched Pineapple Express in years past on this day, but This is the End is another one that I like to throw on that I'm shocked doesn't make more lists. And I also give them credit because they brought up another film that I think is a classic that I've come to realize might be a bit of uh, one of those films that isn't as popular as I thought it was growing up, and that is PCU. They mentioned that film, which Jeremy Piven, David Spade, uh, that is the movie where if you've ever been told, don't be that guy wearing the band that you're going to see, don't wear the band shirt you're going to see, that's the movie that comes from uh, a, a young a young actor that, that, that has aspirations of becoming a director and trying to uh, direct films that could launch movie franchises. And John Favreau uh, is the person wearing the shirt. George Clinton gets the, and, and Parliament Funk get the cameo in the movie as well. It's, it's a really funny movie, but I've never thought to watch that one for 420, but it does fit the premise as well with the uh, hardcore feminists, the tree huggers, uh, the commies, everyone else on campus uh, just, an, an absolute real fun college stoner film. And it, and it is a stoner film. It might not be featured the way that it is in a film like Pineapple Express uh, or even a film like The Big Lebowski for that matter. 
but it absolutely fits that uh, 420 vibe for sure. Uh, and I want to mention, because uh, they throw out a few of them as well, uh, you got to throw on something Kevin Smith on a day like today. Uh, they mentioned Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. I would go one further and actually say that Jay and Silent Bob Reboot is a good one as well to throw on. You could actually do a double feature of those. Uh, they mentioned Mall Rats, uh, which I give them props for doing that because I feel like some people normally go with, oh, you should watch Clerks, but I don't think Clerks fits that well for a day like today. Uh, you have Jay and Silent Bob there, but Clerks to me is a little more depth than a stoner comedy. Yeah, you can watch it on 420. Nothing, you know, Kevin Smith is probably the king of uh, weed films, but I would argue Dogma would be a better watch. Uh, Clerks 2 would be a better watch uh, for a day like today. But there's something about Clerks that maybe it's the prestige that comes around that film that I don't consider it to fit the stoner comedy or a film to watch for a day like today. But if you do, no shame in your game, go for it. But I I, I, I traditionally go for Mall Rats uh, or a Jay and Silent Bob. I kind of go for something that features those two a little bit more since they are uh, the Cheech and Chong of the View Askew universe. Uh, so... Uh, I, I tend to go with those for Kevin Smith films, but hey, pick your Kevin Smith poison uh, and go for it because it does work on a day like today. Uh, now, some other movies that uh, are really good to watch on a day like today as well. Uh, I mentioned the Jay and Silent Bob ones, but uh, a more modern one uh, and probably, uh, honestly, the... No, this is the end is the most modern one, but uh, this is right there with that Ted. And I would say Ted won. Don't bother with Ted 2. Ted 2 was not a good movie. Uh, really an upsetting film, actually, because of how good the first one is. But the first Ted movie, uh, you have a pot-smoking Mark Wahlberg and Teddy Bear, voiced by Seth MacFarlane. That's that's it. They're, they're, they're both bong, like a bong-hitting Teddy Bear. You have a bong-hitting Teddy Bear in that movie. Uh, so give Ted a watch today as well. But that's just some of the movies. Uh, Dude, Where's My Car made this list as well. And I think that's a great film. I do really enjoy that one as far as stoner comedies go. Uh, and another one that they mentioned that I usually leave off, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I know a lot of people put that on for stoner comedies, but that's kind of like the Clerks thing where I'm like, yeah, there, it's there, but there's more going on with that movie than Spicoli, you know, Sean Penn doing his high as a kite surfer thing. Like that's, that's just one little side character in this film, but there's a lot more going on with things like teen pregnancy, abortion, uh, all of that. It's, it's, it honestly, I, I watched, I remember watching Fast Times for the first time thinking, oh, I'm going to be watching a stoner comedy. And I went, I got more of a high school comedy drama than I did any of that. Uh, Super Troopers, cannot leave that one out. Uh, one or two. I actually think the sequel is, uh, it's clearly not on par with the first one, but it's not a bad sequel considering how long it took them to make, how far removed it is. Uh, I actually really did enjoy Super Troopers 2, so either one of those is a good watch today. Uh, I threw out the Big Lebowski earlier, but to get into more of the prestige films, so to say, uh, you got to throw Dazed and Confused on. That is, see, if you're going to tell me Fast Times at Ridgemont High is a stoner film, 
uh, Days and Confused is 100% a better stoner film than Fast Times at Ridgemont High. It just, it, it absolutely is. You, I mean, McConaughey in and of himself. Uh, Jason London. Hey, two London films I mentioned. Uh, ben Affleck. Hey, Ben Affleck films. A lot of Ben Affleck films on here. Go figure. Uh, Adam Goldberg at a young age. Like, it is a who's who of young actors. Joey Lauren Adams. Another Joey Lauren Adams movie being mentioned. Uh, but you've got the stoniest line ever. The older uh, I get. Uh, I'm sorry. The older you get, the more rules they're going to try and get you to follow. You just got to keep on living, man. L-I-V-I-N. Uh, it is absolutely a classic comedy. A classic stoner movie. Uh, set in the 70s, that last day of school. Like, this is the one where where I'm like, oh, I don't want my Christmas Harold and Kumar mixing with my we're getting closer to summer. Like, Dazed and Confused is the perfect, for me, it's April. As I mentioned, we're going to get into the 60s where I live today. It's going to be sunny. It's going to be like the 80s, in the 80s by this weekend in my area. Like, summer's coming, man. This is a last day of school type of film summer 4th of july all that good stuff and just living man l-i-v-i-n uh and then on the opposite end of dazed and confused being an extremely because a lot of these films i'm mentioning are like lying somewhere from the five percent on rotten tomatoes critic score to dazed and confused which is sitting over 90 percent. i believe it's at 93 percent critic score uh but then the one that i'm gonna end on uh i don't care what your take is on dave chappelle Half-Baked is a quintessential stoner film. It is a movie you got to watch. It's a movie that is so damn funny. You get Chappelle in two roles as well. Uh, but yeah, this is that film was laugh out loud. When I saw it, uh, I, I just adored that film. I didn't even get it fully at the time. I just knew this film is funny. And then the older I got the funnier it became, the more that I started realizing what the jokes really were. Uh, but yeah, that is a classic uh, film to watch for sure. And I even talked to, uh, I, I mentioned it to Tombstone Josh, the, you know, because uh, he was like, oh, you should do something similar to like what Jim Brewer did and all that. You should start making videos about being a, a New York sports fan. And uh, I didn't mention it to him, but when I did get to, I got to interview Jim Brewer and I actually talked to him about Half-Baked and got a really like had a really funny conversation with him because for Jim Brewer, he actually didn't really smoke, uh, but he's a big metalhead. And when he thought he rapped on Half-Baked, uh, he was given from Chappelle a bunch of weed and he went to his trailer and he was like, you know what, man, I don't do it, but I'm rapped. He smoked it. And then next thing he knew... Uh, he was just jamming out and he tells the story so much better than me, but he was like, I was jamming out, just had the metal going. It was like Metallica. I'm just like, yeah. And then you just, he just kept hearing pounding on the door of his trailer. And he was like, Oh my God, what's happening? Keeps jamming out to metal. Still hears the pounding. What's happening? What's happening? Eventually opens it and is like, yeah. And they're like, Hey, we need you back on set. We actually have to refilm one of your scenes towards the end of the movie. So towards the end of the movie, in the actual cut, Jim Brewer is high. Because I asked him about like the whole like on the set, like were, were, were you all partaking after the scene, stuff like that, what was going on. And he was like, no, 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 like I wasn't. But the one day I did ha- was when I thought I rapped. 
and I didn't actually rap uh, because they needed me for a reshoot. So, so in the movie, at the end, that big fight at the end, the Jerry Garcia in a bag stuff, uh, he is in and out. Like the way that that's cut, there are shots where he is actually legitimately stoned out of his mind and him pretending to be stoned. But you can't tell because he plays the stoner so well and that was kind of why he was like, to everybody's surprise, I'm not a big stoner, even though it appears I am. So uh, Half-Baked, uh, definitely worth a watch. But a film I will be watching that Complex didn't even bring up, uh, and I'm always curious to see how people react to this, but I love watching any of the Bill and Ted movies on this day because I mentioned it. Cheech and Chong kind of kicked off that stoner comedy duo to me in the 80s. You know, you had Cheech and Chong going, but I feel like Bill and Ted was the PG version of that, was the family-oriented version of it. You know, Cheech and Chong were doing a little more of the adult stuff, but then Bill and Ted, I always have taken as kind of this more family-oriented stoner film because they never actually do it. And I know I've said a few times, like the Fast Times at Ridgemont High and stuff like that, uh, or like Billy Madison, I guess, really the big one where like, oh, he doesn't really smoke. He's just kind of a, a giant goofus, doofus imbecile who's used his rich status to kind of get by as being this slacker. Bill and Ted are, are legitimately like to me, like they're dumb. They're, they're, they're like stoner dumb. They don't know basic history. They're going to fail uh, military school, all that stuff. So I enjoy watching them because I kind of view them as as a late 80s soft introduction into stoner comedy without having them directly be stoners. Although Keanu Reeves, uh, when Bill and Ted 3 came out, said that they are not stoners. Uh, that is that is a common misconception, but I do enjoy watching Bill and Ted uh, when it comes down to the 420 days and it comes down to the celebrating of the holidays. Uh, if you so celebrate or if you don't, listen, I gave you this list because it's just something to watch today. It's some films a lot of these are films that even if you don't partake, you've seen, you probably really enjoy. Uh, Super Troopers, I know, is a lot of people's favorite, one, one of their favorite movies. Uh, but a film I would say uh, that I know a lot of people love and a lot of people will watch today, but I absolutely will not, is Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Uh, that is a movie that is gorgeous, is extremely well done, but is almost too eerily well done. And I had an experience back in college involving that movie uh, and a day, not April 20th, uh, but another day in my life. And I'll just put it this way. That movie has left me with to the point where I'm, I, yeah, I don't, I cannot watch that movie. I have been scarred uh, due to some of my, my college experiences you know, uh, I believe it was uh, Aldous Huxley who said, uh, when the doors of perception are cleansed, things will appear as they truly are uh, to man, infinite. Uh, so if that resonates with you, then you might understand why I do not watch Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Uh, the doors of perceptions might have been cleansed, and that film appeared to me in a way that uh, has scarred me. <laughs> it is, has scarred me. Gorgeous film. Love the film. No issues with it outside of the fact that uh, the way I now feel after viewing it and some other things, uh, I, I can't do it. I just cannot do it. 
sorry, not sorry to all you Johnny fans and Fear and Loathing and Las Vegas fans. Like, great, again, great movie. Just my experience has left me in a point where I'm a little more, um, I tend to have some uh, weird feelings <laughs> when watching that movie. All right, so uh, there, there's a whole list. There you go. If you were trying to figure out something to watch today, um, I gave you, uh, I believe, 20 or so films, some franchises, stuff like that. But uh, enjoy the day. Again, whether you celebrate or not, uh, just be safe and make sure you order in some food. I mean, hell, Jimmy John's is doing a cool-ass deal today, uh, the How High Are You deal, where basically uh, if you go to gethighwithjimmyjohns.com, uh, you tell them where you live, do a whole like thing, and they're going to figure out where your elevation is based. So either not so high, kind of high, or the highest elevation, and you can get up to 20% off an order for a Jimmy John sub today. So it's one of the cool things. Like I said, whether you celebrate or not, like businesses jump in on this, people jump in on this day. It's it's a lot more um, legalized here in the States, a lot more uh, not as frowned upon as the way it was back in the day. So, um, you know, thankfully we've, uh, changed our takes, uh, and we're starting to look at the actual science and evidence behind it. Uh, but I do actually, Oh, actually we, I'm seeing some breaking news coming through right now. Uh, so this is, by the time you hear this, this is, uh, might still be breaking news, but might not. Uh, hold on a second. Live breaking news. And a new study from Duke University links marijuana use to a decline in intelligence. Really? Really? I know. Come, Come on. on. Really? <laughs> Yeah, so there you have it. Some breaking news about 420 for you. All right, uh, before we wrap things up here, do have some reviews uh, to get to. Uh, do a quick one here for Death of the Nile, or Death on the Nile, I should say. Not Death of the Nile. They didn't kill the Nile. Uh, there was Death on the Nile, but uh, got to watch this. This is on uh, HBO Max and Hulu currently. It was out in theaters this past year. Uh, but finally got a watch of this film, and I gotta say, it was an enjoyable movie. Uh, I actually did not see Murder on the Orient Express, uh, but the uh, fiancé had, so she was very excited for this movie. She uh, she really enjoyed this one. I enjoyed this film as well. I thought some of the pacing of the movie was a little, a little off, which kind of made it a little uh, tough to watch at times, but it had enough going on enough twist, enough excitement, uh, and, and really survives due to its characters and the actors in this film. Um, you know, Army Hammer might be absolutely crazy, but he does a fabulous job in this movie. Uh, Gail Godot does a great job in this film. Uh, everybody that is in this movie uh, really helps elevate this film to be a fun, enjoyable watch. Uh, even with those pacing issues that, that tend to slow the film down, make it a little awkward at times, uh, it's still a solid film. Uh, very much loved uh, seeing Russell Brand in this. I, I, didn't, I forgot that he was going to be a part of that, but I love seeing him play a uh, very opposite character of what he traditionally does. So uh, very much uh, enjoyed uh, that movie. Uh, do give it a recommendation. Uh, I'd say it's like a three and a half, 3.5 out of five type of film because again, uh, it's a little, the the it's it's a little long. It it could probably be shortened up, tightened up in some areas, but it does succeed where it needs to succeed. I think it does get a little too predictable towards the end. 
uh, because it eventually got to a point where I, I turned to the fiance and I was like, well, if if this happened, then it's only then it would have to be this person or this person. And we know it's not this person because this is the only other person that knew that. So that's what I mean by by some of it being a little too predictable is just that fact that there were there were moments in it where it was like, oh, it, we've kind of if you're following along, you can you can start figuring it out. Unlike a film like Knives Out, which I would compare this to in the same style, that same murder mystery twist, twist, action, excitement, all of that. Comparing it to a film like Knives Out, I felt that even by the time we got to the reveal in Knives Out, it was still a whodunit. But by the time we got to the reveal in this, I had already had the conclusion. Uh, I, I still thought one other person might have been involved, but it made sense that they weren't come some certain things that were said. Uh, so, yeah, I, I do find it to be a little predictable, uh, just a little predictable compared to the fact that you've had a similar style of film come out not too long before this that absolutely crushed it from beginning to end on the swerves where this had a little more of a setup where you you if you're paying close enough attention you'll you'll figure out definitely uh somebody that uh, might be involved in what is happening uh now getting into the other review that i have for you this week uh got to see fantastic beast uh the third film in the franchise this one the secrets of dumbledore and uh, I'll come out and say that I, I had never read a Harry Potter book. I loved every one of those films. I was really hooked on by the magic of the movies, the cast, the progressively dark turn of the story, the wizarding world. Everything that went to it really made me love the Harry Potter films. So when the Fantastic Beast movies were announced and they said that they were going to start mining this property, but telling side stories, I got pretty excited. And I saw that first Fantastic Beast movie and went, oh my goodness, we have a fun new lead and it, with Newt Scamander, this is going to be a good time. Eddie Redman is is really good. This is fun. I like this. Um, I'm, I'm totally on board. Let, let's go. And then the second film came out and I don't know what happened with that movie, but it, it was not an enjoyable experience uh, it wasn't fun like that world should be. It, it felt like it all of a sudden took steps backwards. They made Newt uh, a, a non-figure in what was supposed to be his own franchise and his films and all of that. And he just kind of became this side character thrown away so that they could focus in on Dumbledore and characters we already knew. But I was interested in this franchise because it was something different from what we knew and it had no tie to what we knew but then it felt like they were trying you know that second film becomes very jumbled in a lot of different ways it's not just that there's a lot of different things that happen in that film that uh, really make it struggle and, and not as much fun as the first one but this third time around i love this film i actually think that this might be the best of the fantastic beast films uh visually this is a stunning movie i think story-wise they have course corrected the things that made the second film uh, less than desirable less than than appetizing as as far as a film goes uh so i i think that they did a great course correction uh they put newt back into the front and center um 
and, and, and again, it's supposed to be his franchise, so I, I'm more interested in following his adventure than anything else. Uh, I think Jude Law is is really kind of found his own as uh, Professor Albus, Dumble, Albus Dumbledore. Uh, I, you know, say what you want about the recasting of uh, Mads Milkison uh, as Grindelwald, but I think he brings uh, a really good performance to the table. Uh, and, and, you know, listen, the guy was Hannibal Lecter, so if you're going to have him as a villain, uh, if you're going to have a villain, he is a good pick uh, if you're going to replace a Johnny Depp who could absolutely have pulled that off. Uh, and really, you know, the more that comes out with the Johnny Depp trial and stuff like that, not really going into that on this show, not giving a lot of my takes on that. But uh, whether you think Johnny should have been there or not, I don't think you can hold anything against Mads on this. He did a really solid performance. Both of them are extremely talented actors that, you know, I'm curious what Johnny's performance would have been. But it's not like I'm sitting there going, oh, we got a weaker actor and this is a lesser performance. I fully enjoyed that performance as well. Um, I do think some of the downfalls of this film are that uh, are, are things like the fact that they did um, really sidestep uh, and, and put to the back burner Queenie's sister, Tina Goldstein. Uh, they also did something with um, Ezra Miller's character in the film, uh, Credence barebone uh where i felt like his character was there more as a plot device uh whereas in the previous film he was uh, a huge focal point we spent an entire film really on his on his leanings his lineage uh this time around he's pretty much a setup for dumbledore and grindelwald uh in crucial moments of that question of which way will he go which way will he go what will he do what will he do and it gets it gets kind of irritating uh, because, you know, there, there's there's something that could be done there. And instead, they've relegated that character to simply just being a plot point for other characters in the movie. Uh, but overall, this this is a good film. Uh, again, it avoids the problems from the previous film. It is striking a very engaging cast this time around. Uh, and I do believe that's because they they course corrected and put it back onto Newt. Uh, Eddie, who is a fabulous actor, Dan Fogler gets gets more to do in this film as well, and uh, he has been a joy of the franchise. Even in the previous film, he was a joy. Uh, he is a scene stealer every single time this time around as well. Uh, so he continues to be uh, just the absolute fun of the franchise. But uh, again, this franchise, I think its biggest pitfall is that it's kind of treading water and unsure which way it wants to go. It started out as its own prequel. Does it want to be that? Then it turned into this tie-in to the larger Harry Potter world. Does it want to be a tie-in to that? Should we focus on known characters over new ones, new ones over known ones? Like It can't pick a direction which way it wants to go, and that's the thing that has been frustrating me uh, because, again, that first film looked like it was very clear-cut it's a prequel, no tie with the Harry Potter stuff. Then that second film was kind of this dump of, no, the Harry Potter stuff matters more than this prequel stuff. Okay, great. And now because we're trying to course correct, it's like, well, we got to find that balance, but I don't think it does a good job at finding the balance because I still don't know which way we're really going. Uh, you know, 
I can't figure out where the franchise wants to go. And that's unfortunately the feeling that I get from it is that it's leaning very much on the, if it isn't broke, don't fix it model. But the problem is, is that nobody has realized that that model is broken and, and does not work for this franchise. And, and probably they should uh, rethink the idea of what, what a lot of the Harry Potter films were uh, because they do that in this film with the idea that Dumbledore needs help with something, but instead of being direct is very indirect causing a, a two hour plus adventure when he very easily could have just said, Oh, I need this. And this is what we're doing. And this is what needs to happen. Instead, there's a whole mystery intrigue and it never direct answer from Dumbledore. And and yeah, that works great for the Harry Potter films when he's like, Harry, I need you to do something. Well, what do you need me to do? Well, it'll eventually you'll find out. Do this and do that first. And it's like it's it's the first two steps of 20 to go a long way to get to the answer. Uh, and, and they're trying to do that again. And to me, it's 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 not Harry Potter, man. So like we got to move beyond that and we've got to figure out what the overall direction of this franchise is as opposed to just trying to put out fun wizarding world stuff because that's, again, this movie is a fun wizarding world type of adventure, but I, I still don't know. Am I, am I supposed to care about new characters? Like where, where this all ties in. So that, that's my take on that. This is a three out of five movie for me. Uh, you know, which I believe was the score I gave the first film, uh, you know, so it's, it's right there. It's on par. It might be, be it, it, it is my favorite of the franchise so far, but it doesn't wow me the way that the Harry Potter film should wow me. And it has never fully wowed me in that way. And it's because I think that they are uncertain their own direction with this, but they know that they have an IP that we love. And that we want to show up to, although the box office numbers uh, this past weekend uh, did not uh, show a positive reception. Only $42 million at the box office. Not the worst thing in the world, but with a lot of new movies coming out and us starting to creep into that time where uh, three new movies this weekend, I believe there's a break. And then we get all of a sudden we're, we're back into the summer blockbusters with May and all of that and Dr. Strange coming out uh, Cinco de Mayo weekend. And uh, once we get to the Marvel films and uh, you know, you go from May, June, July is Thor, but you got other big blockbusters coming out in in May and June uh, before we even get to that. So uh, it wasn't a good start for fantastic beast and, and could unfortunately end up halting the franchise. I know that they had, uh, I believe it was five films that they wanted to do. So there's at least two more that they were, they claim that they were planning for, but again, the, from what I've seen, it doesn't seem like that there was ever really an executed plan of this is how we're going to get from point A to point B to point C, D and E and so on. It just kind of feels like they're throwing things together. Uh, and I know that, you know, JK Rowling wrote the first two this time around. It's very clear that she wrote a screenplay, uh, but then they brought in uh, one of the Harry Potter writers to touch it up because uh, this was based on a screenplay by J.K. Rowling. So she wrote part of it, but they did bring in somebody that they trusted to touch it up, which is why I think it works good uh, and is a good film because they brought in people that know how to translate it as a movie better. Uh, I don't think J.K. knows how to do that. 
She knows how to write good books, but she doesn't really know how to write a great screenplay. Uh, so yeah, I know that they're trying and they're they're really trying, but that that box office might have potentially killed what momentum they have. Hopefully, there's some legs to this. Uh, I know word of mouth has been good. Uh, audiences have really loved it. Critics have not enjoyed this film, which is shocking to me because uh, I think a lot of those critics still have a bad taste of the last film because uh, I've noticed a lot of them are really harping. I know I harped on it, but I know a lot of them are harping on it in the sense of like, well, just because they course corrected doesn't mean it's good uh, because that last film was still, and I'm like, listen, they course corrected. They did what they needed to do, which makes this film on par, if not better than the first one they did. And you all like that first one. So stop being dicks. Uh, but that'll do it. Uh, I do recommend going to see Fantastic Beast uh, specifically as well. Like I said, the box office was was low. So uh, if we want more of these, we do have to support these films in theaters uh, in order for uh, the studios to turn around and say, yeah, it's it's worth doing another one. It's worth taking another shot. And I think I think if you're on the fence of this because of the last film, you shouldn't be. You should know that this is a much better movie uh, and a fun time this time around. So that'll do it for the Mr. Wonderful Show this week. Thank you all for hanging out. And until next time, happy 420 and peace and love. <laughs>